My friends, it's lovely to be with you, and thank you for um, being here this morning um, uh, on uh, what is a quite a significant weekend for us as a couple, as we say goodbye to um, uh, Ealing after 29 years. It's our last Sunday at St. Paul's next week, but um, we've already said goodbye to St. Melitus, and um, our aim was always to have new young leaders in each church, and uh, we have that in each of three churches, so we're rather thrilled that that's where we're landing up. Thank you, Paul, Alan, and Rihanna. Um, Thank you, Alan, for staying on script. That was fantastic. I love that. Um, Thank you for your kind words. Um, uh, You know, we've been through, we came here, we went through uh, an, uh, a world crisis together. At the same time, we were trying to stay healthy as a church, and at the same time, I was trying to nudge us on. And in that nudging on, I'm, I am sure that uh, there was some bruising that went on amongst some people as we tried to push the boat out, even though we were going through a world crisis. Forgive me if there was bruising for you in that process. Um, but I, as I was here at Sam's licensing, I thought this is exactly what we had been praying for. It's exactly what we had been hoping for. So um, I believe that the future is enormously bright here at this church. So thank you for allowing us to walk with you. And it really was us. I know I came, but... Um, my coming doesn't come without Lindsay's prayer and um, uh, uh, blessing in all that we did together. And you have been prayed for as a church in our bed every morning <laughs> when we sit with our tea and our Bible and we read our readings together and we pray for those on our hearts and minds. And we have prayed for all of you so much and prayed for Sam and Rachel so much um, as uh, we wondered over many months, do you think we can ask them? Do you think we can ask them? Do you think? And uh, it's great to have you guys in, actually. Um, I'd love to just reflect, just for a few moments, on this passage um, this morning. I, I prepared another um, talk, actually, but um, with, the, with the Queen dying, I didn't feel it appropriate. I'm a complete and utter royalist, so forgive me if you're not, but uh, for me it's been, I don't, I don't know how many of you, but when it was announced she had died, even though all of us were expecting it, it's so, I mean, Lindsay and I have both shed tears. It was, that, it, you know, it really did hit home. And um, losing, losing someone so significant, actually, in the life of our nation is, is a momentous thing. She has held firm the faith of Jesus Christ. She has stood up for our Lord and Savior. She has been true to that that she said she would be true to as a young woman appointed to the throne. And uh, she has lived a life of such integrity and service and righteousness. And uh, all of us have been able to look up to her and go, this is incredible, This, this woman of such might in so many ways, not in a physical way, but such character and might that she has held our nation together in so many different seasons. 
And I thought, well, we have to, as a country now, we have to move on. As much as we don't want to move on, we have to move on. There is a new season, and and in that new season, we have to pray for our new king and pray for a new process and what tomorrow might be. And as I was reflecting on that for this weekend, I thought, well, that's so much like the Bible. It's so much like the story of God. That actually we're not called to be people who become settled just where we are and with what we have. We are called to be people who are unsettled, who are constantly available to be on the move, who are constantly available to be listening to God. I've been reading a terrific book over the last few weeks. Um, I've been uh, advertising it everywhere I go. It's a book by Pete Gregg. Um, called How to Listen to God. It's a fantastic book on prayer, and uh, it's dead easy to read. Um, John Mark Comer, one of the more prominent world preachers at the moment, says it's a profound book, probably one of the best books you will read on how to hear God in your life. And uh, when we do hear God in our lives, here's what happens we end up not being settled, but we end up listening to what God might say to us and then following in his ways. What's he calling us to? How's he calling us forward? What, what's he encouraging us um, in? So this is the account, the account actually of one of the most significant people in the Bible. Abraham really is significant. Um, he's mentioned throughout the story of the Bible. He's mentioned over 300 times in the Old and New Testaments. When Jesus is introduced in, the Matthew, in, in Matthew's Gospel, it says this, a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Abraham. So Abraham is really significant in the things of the kingdom. He's really significant person. And Abraham's story starts here in Ur. It's a great name for a place, isn't it? <laughs> what should we call it? Ur. Yeah, that's good. Well, it's a great name for a place, so we call it. So it starts here in, in, in a place called Ur, the Chaldeans. And, and uh, it says this in uh, chapter 11, verse 31. It says, one day Terah, Terah took his son Abraham, his daughter-in-law Sari, his son Abraham's wife, and his grandson Lot, his son Haran's child, and moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans, and he headed to the land of Canaan. He headed to the land of Canaan. That's a really significant verse. He headed to the land of Canaan. But when they, but they stopped at Haran and settled there. They headed to the promised land. They headed to the place that, that God had called them to, but when they got to Haran, they stopped and settled. They found a place where God was with them. They found a place where things were okay. They found a place where they could live and be and, 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 and enjoy life. They found a place where God was amongst them and they settled, but they settled not for what God had called them ultimately to. 
They set out for Canaan and they stopped in Haran. That's so easy to do in any of our lives. It's so easy to do as a Christian. I've, I've, I've become a Christian, I've got this far, and now I'm just living my life and my faith is just a part of my life. Rather than it perhaps sometimes being the thing that it should be, which is, it is the thing that shapes and directs and forms my life on a daily basis. It's what I am called to live by, for, and toward in my life. So it's so easy for us to settle. It's also so easy for us as churches to settle. You know, this is how we want it to be. It's the... um, it's the death knell of the Church of England and the Baptist Church and the Methodist Church and the Catholic Church and any other settled denomination. This is how we've always done it. Don't change us. It's the worst thing a church can say. This is how we do it. No, no, no. That's how you have done it. But what might God be calling you to? Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't, don't stop at that place that you currently are? What does God call you onto? Where is God leading you? Don't, don't ever be that place that says, this is, this is us, and we like it like this, but say, this is currently who we are, but what is God calling us to? We have, um, over 29 years, we've slightly, I guess, put our Lindsay and I have slightly put our stamp on um, St. Paul's down the road. We've sort of become part of us, really, and we love it because it's everything we'd like it to be. And of course, we're handing it on now, and uh, the, we've given it over to Chris. He's been appointed as vicar, and, and uh, uh, I look at his plans, and I think, well, it won't be the same in six months' time. <laughs> He's going to change almost everything, I am sure. And everything inside us both goes, yes, isn't that great? Because God's calling it on, calling it on to something different. I'm, I'm going to do a little job in Herefordshire. It's um, been invited by the bishop to go and um, work amongst the churches there. And the churches there are fairly settled. And... Um, uh, it's actually caused the biggest issue. It's the diocese with the least number of people attending churches with more churches across the diocese. 406 churches, 72 clergy, average Sunday congregation across the churches of 12 people. Big trouble, <laughs> as you can imagine. And here's what, here's what possibly <laughs> is being said. Well, it is being said. Don't change us. And you think if you don't change, you're just going to close. That's what's going to happen. And we don't want to wait for someone to die for that close to happen. We want to say, while you're living, please help us invest. I remember when we took the pews out of St. Paul's Church. We took the pews out. um, And one lovely... uh, older member of the church coming to me. There was lots of conversation around it, as you can imagine. One lovely older member of the church coming to me and saying, I really don't agree with you that the pew should go. I think it's terrible. And she told me exactly what she thought of the whole thing. And then she gave me an envelope 
And uh, I said, thank you very much. What's in the envelope? She says, that's to help replace the pews. And she gave, she gave me 5,000 pounds. 5,000 pounds. And I, I, I said to her, I said, that's so generous. She said, well, she said, the truth is I wish that there was a church like this where my grandchildren are because they'd probably then be turning up at church. So I'm investing in the tomorrow, even if I don't like it. And God bless her. She stayed with us all the way through. I had joy taking her funeral 20 years on after that and uh, celebrating her. And two years before she died, she called me in for a cup of tea. I always knew it was dangerous. She called me in for a cup of tea and she said, Mark, I need you to come and see me and have a cup of tea. I said, okay. So I went around to see her. We sat down and had a cup of tea and uh, she gave me another envelope. And I said, what's, what's this, Muriel? And she said, um, that's my inheritance that I want to leave to the church. I said, oh, that's so kind of you. She said, I'm still alive now. I don't know when I'll die, but I'd like to watch you spend it before I do. So she invested in the future. I mean, how lovely is that? How lovely is that? She said, I'll have more fun watching it being spent on the things of tomorrow than I will holding on to it myself. There's somebody who didn't like the change, but knew it had to happen. Don't ever become settled. So Abraham's father, Terah, he settled in the land of Haran. He'd set out for Canaan. He set out for the promised land. He'd set out for what God had called him to. But he settled in a place that he shouldn't have settled. It was good in that place. Then we get to a moment in the Bible when he dies and Abraham's there and all of a sudden God speaks to Abraham and he says this, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family and go to the land that I will show you and I'll make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you'll be a blessing to others and I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Abraham Abraham was somebody who was open to hearing the voice of God. He was open to hearing what God was calling him to. He'd seen his father settle. Everything was good. He was probably a very prosperous businessman, 75 years old, had a lot going for him could have very well stayed in Haran. But the Lord said, I want to call you on. I've got something more for you. I love that. Here's what I love about it. He's 75 years old and reminded, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. I had the pleasure a number of years ago of being involved in my grand's funeral. She was 99, I think, and um, uh, had lived a good life. And uh, um, we'd taken my granddad's funeral a few years before, and my grand died. And, and uh, here's my grand's rhythm every day. Her rhythm was the same every day. How many people remember tea's maids? Does anybody you remember those? You'd have the, they'd go, buy your bed. You'd set it all up with a tea bag, and in the morning, at some point, it would go off, and it would make a cup of tea for you. Isn't that fantastic? She had a tea's made by her bed, and it would make her a cup of tea every morning in the bedroom. 
Because she said, I didn't then need to go downstairs and make a cup of tea. I always thought it was a bit of a hassle because you've got to wash it up later. But anyway, she made this tease made. But here's what she did at 5 a.m. every day. She said, I can't do much, but I can pray. And at 5 a.m., she would get up and pray with her teasemate. And she would pray for every member of her family. At her funeral, we went. Here's what happened. We, the grandchildren, who were fairly dispersed and didn't really know each other very well, all came together. And uh, my little bro, he was doing the... I can't remember. He was either doing the prayers or the reading, and I was doing the other one, whichever we were doing. But he was doing them, and he stood up. And uh, in this church, we we weren't uh, we were Anglican, and it was in a Catholic church, so the priest didn't really like the fact that we were involved in it. So we stood up to do the. Um, he stood up to do the reading. Maybe it was, and he said, "Before I do the reading, I want to tell you, as a family, that I'm a Christian, and I think I'm a Christian because of Gran and her prayers." And then I got up to do the prayers. And I said, before I do any prayers, I want to tell you as a family that I'm a Christian because of Grand's teas made at 5 a.m. in the morning because she's been praying for us. And then afterwards, we got together, and here's what we found is that across the grandchildren, there were lots of Christians. Even though our parents hadn't been necessarily, my parents both had, were, did become Christians, which is fantastic. And I buried my father as a Christian, which was wonderful, but... My, the grandchildren group, we've become Christians. Why? And we put it down to the teas made at 5 a.m. every day because we can all do something. There's no retirement in the kingdom of God. Olivia was saying today, need help on a Monday morning, wasn't it? 11 o'clock. For, there's no retirement, friends. You can come in, you can make cups of tea, you can pray. You can be part of it in some way. You don't need to run around and be with children, but don't retire. Don't say, not for me. Say, come on, let's see what God is calling us to, because he's always calling us on to do more and be involved more. I think God is always seeking us out. And so Abraham hears God and he goes on. He goes on to more at 75. He says, I'll get up, I'll uproot, I'll move my family, the whole entourage will go to something else. And it's through Abraham that Christ came. Christ is in this story. It's through Abraham that yours and my salvation become a possibility. It's through Abraham that we have a story of faith alive in our nation. It's through Abraham that the story of faith is alive throughout the world. It's through Abraham's obedience. And we never know what the ripple of effect of our obedience to God might be if we listen to God's voice. Lord, what are you calling me to? How might I serve you? Where might I go on to? How might we as a church, Lord, don't let us as a church settle in Haran. Call us on, Lord. Call us on to Canaan. Call us on to the place where your blessing is, where the future is, where the hope is, Lord, and that's where we want to be. Call us on. And as he calls us on, this is what's going to happen. We will know God's blessing in our lives. I think God is always pursuing us. He's always seeking us out. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to be involved. He wants you to be part of the family. He wants you to be involved in the work of the kingdom. 
He wants you to have a soft heart that says, Lord, I'm ready to listen. And quick actions to say, Lord, I'll, I'll move from Haran, wherever we are, to, do, to that place of Canaan where your blessing is. And what does Abraham do when he's there? When he lands there and he says, Lord, this is where we're to be. Here's the thing that he focuses on first. He starts building altars of worship. It all comes from worship. It's a wonderful thing that Sam's uh, licensing, I think it was Godfrey Russ said, how wonderful that God's finally sent a musical vicar here. You know, a musician as a vicar. It's a wonderful thing. Allow the worship to grow and bubble up. Allow it to shape and change things because it's through worship that our hearts get softened. It's through worship that God is able to speak and we're able often to hear. What does God ask of us? He just asks for our yes. He doesn't ask for you to have a strong faith. He actually says, Jesus says it can be the size of a mustard seed. He doesn't ask for anything powerful. He doesn't ask for you to have it all right. He doesn't ask for you to have everything sorted out. He doesn't ask you to be great. He just says, I just want your yes. Your yes to say, I'll not settle. I'll move to the place that you're calling me to and to be the person you're calling me to be in the ministry that you've got for us as a church family. So I wonder if we might stand together. Would you be willing to do that with me? Linz, do you want to come and join me? There's a microphone there, love. Father, we want to, we'd love to pray for this wonderful church family. Lord, you know how they've been on our hearts. You know how we have looked on this place with love and affection and care. Lord, you know how we have prayed for this place and for so many individuals in it. And we want to pray now, Lord, would you call us on? Us as a church family, would you call us on Don't let us settle in Haran, Lord. Call us on to Canaan. Call us on to the place of blessing. Call us on to the place where your favor rests. Yeah. And just as Mark was talking, I I had a sense that the Lord was speaking to some of you individually. And that that for some of you, there's been something that you've been wondering about stepping into. Uh, I think for some of you, it could be ministries in the church. For others, I think it might be perhaps a new job or a new kind of situation in your life outside of the church. And uh, I just had a picture of a, of a chrysalis. And, um, you know, when there's a chrysalis, um, it's very safe inside there. It's very safe. It's protected. And um, no one can get at that little animal that's inside that chrysalis. And that there would be a temptation, wouldn't there, to just stay there where it's safe. Because it's risky. 
to break out. And yet when that chrysalis breaks out and becomes that butterfly, what a beautiful life that butterfly can live. Free, full of beauty, able to just do so much more. And I wonder for some of you where, whether you're wanting to step out, but you're just fearing what you'll lose. But God is saying, trust me, step out and see what I will do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. No, no one has to do anything, of course. No, this doesn't. But if you're willing and would like to, maybe just place a hand on your heart. I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray, come Holy Spirit. Soften our hearts, Lord. Soften our hearts to hear you. We know throughout Scripture so often there's, there can be in our lives and in the people of God it's been in the Bible with Moses it was there. There was grumblings and we can, we can all struggle with that. This is not for me. You know, I don't want this. But I think the Lord calls us. He calls us to say, Lord, help us in our hearts to have soft hearts to hear and quick feet to respond. Have us ears that are open to hear you. So come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord. And the, the Lord said to Abraham that all people will be blessed through him. And I just wonder while we sing, Linz and I and Sam and others, we'd if you would like to come out the front, if you can make it out the front, we would love just to pray God's blessing upon you as an individual. That you would know the blessing of Abraham down through the ages, confirmed and completed in Christ, and that you would know that blessing in your life as we are open to and follow the ways of God together. So just while we worship, if you'd like to come out the front, and we would love the privilege of praying individually for you the blessing of Almighty God. So come, come while we worship.